Welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast. Conversations to explore what coaching is really all about, what it takes to be a great coach, and why coach training really does make the difference. Discover how coaching can help you in all areas of your life and business in a fast-paced and demanding world. So join us here to share conversations and insights with some of the best coaches from around the globe. Real coaches, real talk. So let's get started with me, your host, Teresa Brooks. Hello and welcome to Coach. And I'm Teresa Brooks, your host for the day, founder of Coach Magazine and Podcast, of which you are here tuned in today. So um, I think this is about the 30th episode we've done now. So, you know, Coach Podcast is really rocking and rolling. And if you want to be a guest on it, you've only got to pop onto the website and complete the form and let me know who you are and what you do. And you too could be on the Coach Podcast. But today I have one of my favourite people to talk to and someone I talk to a lot, completely voluntarily. (laughs) Um, And that's Cross Crossley, um, the Mindset master he is known as and you know he he really is quite an interesting chap and you're going to find out why over the next half an hour but Cos and I were just talking about how complicated life can be really and Cros is the one person that I know that always talks about keeping it simple and also you know just relaxing so you know when you're in one of your craziest times and you're stressed out of your mind Cros will say just relax it's gonna be yeah. fine right The last thing you want to hear, but it's the thing that you've got to do. This is it. And so we're going to be talking today about how you can transform your mindset, because that really is the crux of everything, you know, every piece of success. And since I met Cros two and a half years ago, um, I've really, really learned that. And learning to relax and shift your mindset is at the bottom of everything. It's sort of the foundation. So Cros is going to talk to us about, you know, what this is and how we can move through analysis paralysis and how we can actually help our brains to operate properly. And in fact, you know, how we actually stop them working in the right way, which is not productive. Uh-huh. So you're all about keeping things simple, Cros. Tell us how you keep it simple in such a complicated world. Right. Well, the first, the first thing, and I'm, I'm a great believer in giving people tools that they can use. The, the thing is that, unfortunately, in self-development, there's no pl- thing that will plug in and work straight away. This is something you've got to do because you're combating your programming that has uh, come from when you were born. And then you're programmed up to the age of 18. And by then, they've really mucked it all up. And then you're on your own. Right. So uh, but the thing is, sometimes I go into uh, board meetings and I say, do you know what, guys, this is so complicated. We may need a seven year old to sort this out. <laughs> right? Because when we were seven, that. that when we were seven, our brain was working almost perfectly. We did. We, you know, you know, imagining being a cowboy. You know, there was no problem. You were a cowboy. You're on the desert. You're riding through. If you're in a car, you're sitting on the sofa at home and you was in that car. Our mind was working perfectly. And that is the uh, the way you've got to be to make this stuff work. And I always say in business that innocence and ignorance are the greatest assets you'll ever have because you'll make the decisions that are needed. But we are battling um, this information and this incorrect programming all the time now very simply our mind needs 100 percent of the data to give you an answer okay and that's not asking too much is it you wouldn't think so 100 of the data and i'll give you what you need to know but what we tend to do is we have got about between 70 and 80 percent and then we start going what if If that happens, what would I do? So our stress, anxiety, and normally our depression comes from the missing 20%. Think about it. We're not giving our mind all the information. We're saying, I want to run, start a business, but what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? Okay. So the missing 20% is your thing. So if we can get rid of the missing 20%, guess what? No, we get the answer. 
Yeah, but mm. if we get, yeah, we get, because what we do is we bring our question back to where the missing 20% starts. I am going to open a business. Your mind can quite easily accept that. It can't tell you what's going to happen. It can't tell you what could possibly go wrong. So what you do is you say to yourself, have I done everything I can? Is there anything else I can do? And if you say you've done everything you can and there's nothing else you can do, you then must stop thinking about the missing 20%. But what you do is you give it a rider and you say, listen, brain, mind, when you tell me what the missing 20% is and it's real, I'll deal with it. Deal in real. So once it becomes real, we can solve it because nothing real in your life ever has been insurmountable. The only things that can cause you real problems and stress is trying to solve things that don't exist. And so that leads, start. it's great. And it leads us straight into um, something you mentioned in your first coach article, which was analysis paralysis and you know what I think we've all been there where you start off quite sensibly thinking about something and you think okay it's a great idea go to the next step go to the next step and then of course the what the what you get on the what if train like you're saying and it's like well what if that happens Mm. yeah but if that happens then that would happen and and then oh my god that might happen oh and then that's it you're you're right into that ball of wool which is over analyzing situations second guessing situations pontificating situations and so what you're saying is that you know to be successful you've you've got to sort of have a belief in perhaps what you can do and stick with that is that what you mean precisely i i talk about the clear mental image which is your goal your vision your goal where you want to get to which is something that we also have trouble with because i say to people make it what you want and guess what? They always make it what they think they can get. You Isn't see, that interesting? So mm. Right? Yeah, if you ask a seven-year-old to tell you what they want, there ain't no restrictions. They want to go to the moon. I, yeah, I yeah. want to do everything. I'm going yeah. to do this. There are no restrictions. So you see how our mind changes from working perfectly to absolutely almost grinding to a bloody halt by the time we need it most. Right. So all my teachings are about reprogramming, because the thing is that everyone who's programmed you has never done it with any malice. Every single person that's programmed you, because that's why you accept the information so readily. Mum and dad, whatever they tell you. Yeah. Bring it on. The teacher at school. Bring it on. The radio, the TV. Bring it on. All this information. No one's doing it to harm you. But the thing is, guess what? If you don't do anything, you can't make a mistake. So when you tell, bring it into the family when you're 16 or 17, yeah, I think I'll run my own business. <sighs> I wouldn't do that. I know someone who did that once. Maybe it's <laughs> caused real problems in their life. Best thing you just do what you've been trained to do, working, you know, work for the man and do all that sort of thing. Be safe. Right? Yeah, so they're not doing you any harm at all, all right? They're not intentionally trying to program you for failure, but that's what happens. We get programmed 100% for failure. And it's not by anyone doing it maliciously. They're all doing it to help until by the time, you, as I say, by the time you come to need the information, you've got nothing to fall back on because the information was all incorrect, right? And most... Most of what you've got for for the purposes of living and moving forward doesn't serve you because your brain is programmed to not, it needs to know. I want to know why. There's no need for that. The universe is in perfect order. You put your clear mental image ahead and everyone says to me, well, Chris, how, how do I get there? And I say to them, I ain't got a bloody clue. And they say, well, how can you be an expert on this if you don't know how I'm going to get there? I said, well, the thing is, no one knows. But I will make you one promise, right? You want to know how, don't you? Well, I'll make you a promise. 
if you tell me what your CMI is and make it what you want, not what you think you can get, I will guarantee that you will know the next step. And that, my friend, is all you need to know, the next step. Because once you've taken that step, it unfolds. But all these people, it's like everyone in listening here, you know, they've been to the bank and the bank says, oh, well, have you got a, um, you know, proposal of what's going to happen? Right? You know, telling me what, you know, you can't have it because life's flexible. And the thing is, if you went out driving in your car, right, and there was roadworks, now, would you wait there until they finish the roadworks? No. no. You'd find a detour, wouldn't you? So that's life. So how can you say with certainty what's going to happen in life, in business, in the future? You can make an educated guess, but even that's... there's Only no. That. Mm. It's, it's purely and simply an educated guess. So what you need to do, <laughs> deal in real if you just leave that as a mantra one simple mantra there's a second one actually mm. except where you can't change and change what you can immediately which is basically have i done everything i can is there anything else i can do and number two deal in real two major things that are going to clear your mind you just say i can solve anything that's real might not be the bloody result you want but every single problem that you've ever had in your life, you have got over it. It is now in the past. But the- Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm thinking, I'm hearing out of that is that you can only take one step at a time. So, you know, people try and take 20 or 40 or maybe 100 steps at once or giant leaps even. And sometimes that's just too much to take. And, you know, we're always looking for the next best step. So if you come up against a problem, for instance... You don't really go beyond that problem to all the other problems. You actually look at how you're going to solve that problem. That so life kind of deals to you one in real, real, doesn't it? But we're yeah. trying to get all the answers. I hear let what me you're ask, saying. Let me ask you a question. Now, you're standing at the bottom of your stairs. I don't know if you live in a two-story house. but I've got some stairs, yep. <laughs> you're standing at the bottom of your stairs. Now, how often have you ever stood at the bottom and pondered whether you could actually get to the top in one leap? Never. Never. Of course not. Yeah, in life, we stand at the beginning and we want to get to the end, skipping all the steps. Oh, that's a lot of steps. <laughs> right? But you see, you can always get your answer, right, in logic and nature. Nature at it first. Everything, nature at it first, right? And, you, and, and the thing is, quite often I sit and I meditate about how animals deal with things, how natural things are for plants, right? And all this sort of thing, right? Which is lovely because once you go back to nature, it pins you, okay? We're so desperate to get to the end before we bloody started. Now, the fortunate thing is, I say to people, wherever you are in life is exactly where you need to be. And just experience it. Make where you are where you want to be and totally experience that. And then guess what? The next level seamlessly jumps in and you learn all you can about that. So that that's your protection against the future. Right? So if you fall back, you've been there before. And all you do, it's much easier to do it. But you cannot skip the steps of life. And people, sorry to interrupt, but it's very... People, they work with me, and within a year, I always ask them a question. Can you imagine being where you are now a year ago to where you are? You, most of them say it's impossible to even consider, but it's been seamless. They don't even know what they've learned, but all they're doing is changing their mind. I call it the law of allowing, not the law of oh, I like attraction, that. Mm. the law of allowing once you relax and allow things to unfold you can't but as soon as your brain as soon as you try and lock your brain in to detect direct operations things start going tricky imagine the little leaf floating down the stream nice and relaxed and it sees a log it, it don't say to itself oi 
I think I'll go and get myself jammed behind that log. That'd be a good idea. What does it do? It just goes with the flow. Once you're in the flow in life, nothing is a problem. And there's some big lessons in there, even though you've sort of, you know, talked about them very simply. There's some massive lessons in there. And I just want to go back to what you said about nature, um, mm-hmm. because I think that's really interesting that in nature, there's two things that, that nature works with. One is instinct. And the second one is systems, you know, so they've mm-hmm. got instinctive systems, ways of doing things that they just trust. That's it. And so it's almost like, our brains and the capacities we have is a little bit too much for us to even cope with sometimes um, because, you know, all, you, all, all it is is about overcomplicating everything. But like you say, nature doesn't. It follows its, its system of growth or mm-hmm. its instinct and it trusts that. Going back to what you said before about you have to really believe in yourself and you've got to deal with the reality of things but you know today's world doesn't always give us the space for that does it cause it's like it's no. really chaotic and there's so much information that's jarring in listen to this listen to that what about this what about that and overconsumption of all of that can cause brains to really not function that well, well right i mean listen at the moment we're going through one of the biggest brainwashing programs in history where we are, if you follow one piece of advice, you're being brainwashed. You've got to step out and make your own decision. Look, for your own sanity, okay? And people, I mean, I walk along the street here, and I've got my own views on what's going on, but I walk along the street, and I see someone would rather dive into the road and risk getting run over than walk past me, right? So... I mean, that's that's an amazing bit of brainwashing because a year ago they wouldn't have done that, but now it's almost natural. Yeah, and okay, if we we sort of reframe brainwashing to programming of any type, this is what goes on all the time. So right from where we're young um, and, you know, mostly from good intention. I mean, uh, as an NLP coach, I, you know, believe there is, nothing but good intention there's no bad intention and yeah. that's that's quite a concept in itself but but we get programmed to do things and to behave in certain ways so when you talk about reprogramming from the kind of work you do where do you start with that cross right well the, the 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 first thing is that you've got to you've got to show that what you are teaching works okay because Otherwise, the people are just sitting there and they're not taking anything in. So sometimes it could take two or three um, sessions to get someone ready to start. Okay, so they've got to have their their little belief system. But let let me just tell you one little very, very quick story that that, that illustrates it from my perspective. When I was 12 years old, I went to school with Lawrence Gilbert, who was the great-grandson of Jack Cohen who started Tesco's. Nice little, good little Jewish boy. Had lots of, you know, ability in the entrepreneurial world. We were at school, 12 years old. He come, he said, Cross, guess what? I bought a Sunbeam Talbot from the guy up the road, cleaned it, and I earned £10. That's all he said to me. That went in. Now, where was a young boy living in a little village in Berkshire or Buckinghamshire going to find something to do that with. Two months later, I saw a car lilting on its side in a drive. And I thought, that's my chance. Went up, looked at it, for sale, five pound. Went in, went home, had five pound with me milk round, me butcher's round, went down the street, and then my best uh, car dealer's voice, I knocked on the door, I said, Want to take four quid for the car? Now, I don't know where that bid come from. It was five pound. And that was just a natural entrepreneurial thing. And the bloke said, you cheeky little bastard. I will. So I ran home, got me mum. Said, sorry, listeners. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's not Channel 4. <laughs> no. So I went home and got me mum. Said, mum, come on quick. I've just bought a car. She said, what? Anyway, went in there, got it, got it started. One problem. Mum had only ever driven a Morris Minor with a stick on the floor. This had the column change. So she, I said, how, how'd you put it in gear, mate? So she's put the clutch in. He's put it in first gear. What? 
down the village, like stuck in one gear, pulled it through the arch very, very quickly, spent the weekend washing and cleaning it, it come up beautiful. Put it in the little archway, like where the coaching arch was in, on the street. For sale, £25. Knock on Abington after four o'clock when I got in from school. Coming from school, four o'clock that day, knock on the door, come to buy the car. £25. Now, a man's wages was £10 a week. 12-year-old, I earned two man's wages. This is a true story. My dad spent the next two months telling me never to expect it to happen again. Really? I can remember it. Don't be, you know, don't think that'll ever happen again. That was, you know, you, you were so lucky there. Luckily, One off. Mm. Luckily, I never, ever forgot it. And do you know what I done when I was 17? Started a car yard. And that was Because start. you had evidence to, to go Bloody otherwise, right. you know, to, to, to your dad or anyone else. You might be, yeah, I know, dad, but I did actually make the money. So yeah. you did actually do that. And, and, of course, what we like is evidence, don't we? So it was, this story and, and, was told because you were talking about giving evidence. So what, once people know that something works like how do you start with their reprogramming for them because there's a lot to unprogram right i mean i work in some of this oh. area and oh it's packed down in there it's a busy old zone with what we believe and you know the limiting stuff so where do you find and um, because we're talking about keeping it simple where do you yeah. find the most simple place okay. to start well let, let, let me just give you an example i've just taken a, a young couple they came to me Young, 40-odd years old, babies, almost embryos at 40. Um, <laughs> anyway, so they've come to me and they said, Cross, we're fed up with our business. It's too busy and we're not enjoying it anymore. And I'm going to be a coach. I thought, that's brilliant. So I'm sitting listening to what they're saying. I said, why on earth do you want to get rid of this business? And they said, well, but just because we do because it's too, it's too difficult. I said, why don't we franchise it? What? What do you mean franchise it? Anyway, we've spent the last six or seven months working it all out, done a few dummy runs and bits and pieces. We've now just sold the first £10,000 franchise, right? So the programming has taken all that time, right, to come through of saying what will happen. So all of a sudden, it's all evidence-based. But you've got to take the leap of faith to get your evidence. Because it's like, you know, what come first, the chicken or the egg. So you've, you've actually got to take the leap of faith and then you can withdraw and sort of reprogram based on the evidence. Now, these people that a year ago couldn't have imagined that, that wasn't... That, that was on their radar, that was the most outrageous thing that would never, ever happen, right, is now something that they just accept. So it's a journey, right, of actually... See, when you, when you get something really profound happen, the reprogramming changes immediately, okay? The, what takes the time is when it's not coming from the right place, Okay. Now we all say, do you believe that? Yeah. I said, close your eyes. Go really deep. Go really deep. Do you believe that? And the real deep information is no, I don't. But we all kid ourselves. We all lie to ourselves. And that is the problem with reprogramming because we're trying to reprogram based on a lie. We're lying. You don't believe that at all. Do you believe that will happen? No. And until that belief is strong enough, then it will rewrite itself. Okay. Now you can't tell these people that their business a year ago, right? They look at it now. The franchise is worth 10 grand. So the programming has been right. It's now coming from a depth. Cause when, when I first muted the price that they almost froze. <laughs> it sort of looked like a rabbit in the headlights. What? Right. So what I did, I said, right, we'll kick it off at fifteen hundred pound. Right. Do it. Go through. Let's iron the bugs out. 
and then we put it up to 10. We knew the process worked, but it's, see, it's all so, a game. Yeah, so, so you know, at the beginning of that, the, the, the starting point, I think, is asking yourself the question, you know, what if it wasn't that way? You know, what if it was possible? Because people yeah. will tell themselves it's not possible. Oh, I yeah. can't do that. Can't do that without a huge amount of evidence why, but it just goes only so far in their thinking that they couldn't possibly achieve that. But, you know, the question again, from a coaching perspective as well, is like, what if you could? Yeah. What if you could? And suddenly when you open up your mind to possibility, that's when you start to get some flow going. And of course, it's all about those beliefs, those limiting beliefs and what you've been, you know, programmed to think and act sort of getting past that reprogramming that but getting to your subconscious where your subconscious goes listen you could do anything you could do that that you well, could happen but but the point is you see i that i've i don't think there's any restrictions in my life at all i don't you know i just go on i, I don't think it can't be done at all have you Isn't ever it? thought there was any restrictions in your life I, I, in I've, been, I've been pretty lucky i mean to go and get buy a car when you're 12 is a bloody good start, isn't it, really? You know, that was a bit of a punt, but I'd only just gone on that. But it was a gut instinct, and it worked out lovely. I did the same thing in 2009. Can I just ask you, Cross, because you, you didn't get to, to, to be at this point and sort of like be a mindset master without going through all the steps yourself. And I know some, oh. of, some of your story, but when you decided that there must be a new way and there must be a different way, you consumed a lot of uh, reading and learning, didn't oh. you? And you translated it all. So, you know, to be able to, to help people with mindset, you'll have gone through that. So there must've been a time where you were limited and it was like oh. believing this is how it is. And then you changed it. Tell us a little bit about well, that. A, a, a lot of the problem, a lot of the problem is what I, I've always been, quite successful in business um some would say very successful but I, but i went to australia in 1988 and uh i got a business over there it was 250 employees turning over millions of dollars a year and i got it i loved the person i brought someone up made him a director i loved i thought this is like my son and he went beyond my back and started putting different things into place. To cut a long story short, I lost the business. He'd gone and white anted me and done all the bits and pieces. Now, the hurt was the fact that he did that to me before I thought of the ramifications of having no money at 40-odd years old. I did have money because when I sold up, I had $250,000, which was no small amount of money, but I thought I was skint. It wasn't going to cut it right? So I didn't reframe at that point. So I, I'm running around thinking I'm skinned. Went into a business I shouldn't have gone into and spent two years working 80 hours a week with me and my wife to go skin. Now we put the key in the door and walked away, got nothing. Now, what made me learn all this was that I, up until that point, had very, very few limiting beliefs. I mean, I'd just dive into anything. And uh, I'd been involved in 50-odd businesses, et cetera, but I couldn't get any traction. I'd read all the books. I'd done them, read it all, yeah, all, everything that was available. I'd read all the book, the E-Myth, and all the bloody um, different... You've done all the consuming. Yeah. All the whole lot. But the thing is, Teresa, when things are going well, you can plug it in, it works perfectly. Self-development, that is, the, all, yes. all the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. When you need it and you're stressed, it don't work at all. And that's where I learned relax, relax, relax. Because everything I tried, I was spinning wheels and I'd smoke and dust and everything, but I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I was absolutely, I was a fireball, but achieving nothing. And then what I'd done is I just learned to relax and just allow a bit of traction. And then, as I say, I'd already been up the steps. I've been very successful. I've been right at the top, but I wasn't daft enough to stand at the bottom and try and do it 
get back in one go. That's what I did when I had 250 grand because I was going to get back in five minutes what it took me 40 years to earn. So that was a clever thing, wasn't it? That ain't logical. But in no, a and stress- of course, a huge reframe would have served you yeah. so well to, 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 at that point. And, Listen, and you can see the spiral that you went on yeah. thinking, I'm yeah. skint. Oh, my God, panic, panic, yeah. panic. Yeah. Got to make them more money. But actually, if you'd reframe that to... What? A lot of money, you might have done something different, you see. So, well, do you know what I could have done? Do you know what I could have done? I could have paid myself 25 grand a year, which was enough money in them days in Australia, mm. laid by a pool, done nothing for two years. And after two years, think. I could have still had 200 grand and known what to do with it. <laughs> so, you see, so that's where the advice that's when I look at situations and say, people look, just relax. The best thing you can do at the moment is nothing. And I think, you know, you're describing um, a cycle that I truly think most, if not every, entrepreneur, business owner will go through. And anyone that's listening now would either think, oh, my God, I'm in the spinning stage, like, you know, so much action, not getting anywhere or they have been in the past and, and overcome it, or they haven't quite got there yet. So yeah. at any stage of a sort of entrepreneurial journey, um, that happens because it's it's learning, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the learnings that you need to go through. It's almost a very valuable part of the teachings. Um, it's the most valuable part. Yeah. It's the most valuable part. Because once you've got through that and over it, by hook or by crook, with your mentors, your coaches, your helpers, yourself, everything – then you've gathered some evidence about how you've solved that. But that relaxing thing, you hear people talk about it, you know, slow down to speed up. Yeah. yeah? And yeah. you think, I can't, I can't slow down. I've got too much yeah. to do. But yeah. the minute that you can take a break from, I mean, this is just me speaking, Teresa here. Yeah. The minute that I can take a break, the minute I can have some space, uh, whether that be for an hour's walk or, or a full day out or something like that, it's amazing creating that space that something will just come in and, and, and just trip that little and thinking fit. switch again and just, ah, oh, right, okay, get some clarity. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So in that I analysis paralysis, yeah, in the, yeah, the holiday brain is a very powerful thing. The spinning wheels, um, the an- analysis paralysis, the fear to do it, and the then constantly running, getting nowhere um, is, is really what we're talking about, how to step out of that and, and just have that bit of peace. So that you can move on. I every every client that I work with, I say to them, "Well, I tell you what, I will get you time back because we're all kidding ourselves, right? I will get you time back, provided you make me one promise: don't fill it with more rubbish. Don't use it. Okay, I'll get you the time back." You use it correctly so that you can slow down and then things become clearer, okay? Because we're all lying to ourselves. If we've got four days to do a job we would, and we can do it in a day and a half, we don't do it. And if we do, guess what we do? We kid ourselves for the other two and a half days that we're working on that job. Right. When you I always say give the job to a busy man because it will be done in the right time. If you give a job to a man who's not busy, he'll make it fit the time he's got available. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very easy to get time back. And all and in life today at the moment, and it's changing at such a rapid pace with we see we are um beholden to our phone to our computer to this we're available all the time i mean i get people that ring me up when i do happen to deign an answer um, to answer my phone right because it's for me ain't for everyone else it's for me to make phone calls or to do things so if i see it ringing sometimes i pick it up and answer it and they go what's happening i go what do you mean they said well i've been trying to ring you all day yeah well so what well, you didn't answer the phone. Like it's my fault that they haven't been out to get a hold of me. I don't want them, right? <laughs> but, but I'm on. But I'm I'm in trouble because I'm not available twenty four hours a day. So once you look at the out, look at things like this, you say, well, yeah, perhaps I should be a little bit more careful with 
you know. No There's some boundaries when, around our time and how precisely. we manage it. It's just all we've I, got, isn't it? When I actually ring someone on the phone, the first thing I say to them, are you free to talk? First thing I say, then they can say, well, I'm a bit busy at the moment. Call me back. I always that. find that quite interesting one, I have to say, because if I'm not free to talk, I don't answer the phone because then it's like, I'm not free to talk. You're going to put the phone down. It's a bit weird, yeah. isn't it? But, you, yeah. you know, we are expected to be there. And especially when people are running online businesses, um, it's about developing, I think, those boundaries, isn't it, between where you can be available and what for and what then sort of leaks over into you feeling pressured or expectations on you to just suddenly be available. So I always say to people, I might text you or send a message at the weekend or in the evening, people I'm working with. I don't ever expect you to reply, but I just need to drop that while I remember. Um, But don't think you have to reply to it or feel pressured because that's just how I work. And then we're like, okay, that's fine. So I don't expect to reply. But I think that those kind of things, like you say, saving time is a really important thing. Um, And again, like everything we're talking about, really, ultimately, it's quite simple to do if you can just figure out like how to do it. So people say, oh, I haven't got any boundaries. I don't don't know. And it's like, well, how do I put them in? So then give the tools and the skills to actually put in a boundary. Oh, it works. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. It's better. I had a lawyer. Lawyer got hold of me about, before all this started. Lawyer got hold of me. She said, oh, can you help me? I said, what's the problem, mate? He said, I just ain't got time to do a thing. So went for it. Simplicity itself. Because you see, the, the thing is, if you have a clear run at something, then it's it, it's automatically going to take you less time. Mm. Because, you know, you do, oh, hang on a minute, I'll go, um, just check the emails, or I'll just do this, oh, I'll answer the phone. So, number one, you're stopping and starting, so it's very staccato, you're not getting the run of it. So I said to the guy, I said, what time to start work? He said, eight o'clock. I said, right, tell everyone in the office, you're not available until 10. That's the new norm you're not available till 10 turn your phone off right we'll put a time in to do your emails and then he had it he couldn't see over the top you know what lawyers are like they've always got the files on the desk so that when you ring up they go phoning up the three so i was just looking at your file right so they can charge you another few quid anyway so he's got this huge pile of things on his desk i said right i said get the girl in tell her a file all the non-active the ones that you're not actually working on at the moment, right? So she's done all that. Now, all of a sudden, he can look over the top of the pole now because half of them are just, you know. So it's making him feel like he's busy. And all of a sudden, just the visual was, hang on, I've got rid of half of my workload. But it was rubbish. So, so this is like, <clears throat> excuse me, this is like the overwhelm thing as well, isn't it? So it might yeah. be piles of files or it might be your notifications or it might be your inbox. But it's, again, another thing that comes into this whole difficulty is the overwhelm that people feel. And uh, when you've got the overwhelm, you've got the paralysis, you've got overthinking, you've got, you chuck some inner critic in there and some other bits and pieces. You're not doing anything. You're just spinning the wheels in the dust. Once and again. so I think that it's... um again how it works is by keeping it simple so to kind of like conclude what you're saying is give yourself some space relax trust that you can do it allow some possibility to come in like what if it could be different what if it wasn't like this Um, what does this make possible what does this make possible this is it like you know work with a mentor, work with a coach or get out of your own perspective so that you've got some support and then take the next best step and then take the one after that and the one after that. And, and maybe, you know, people talk about limitless mindsets and things like that, but I think creating the image of where you want to be like that clear mental image that you talk about um, is, is super important, but it's actually, you know, I've done this process with you myself and it's actually really difficult because you do think i would say even consciously what do i think i could get you know and then i and then i might and then i might stretch it a little bit because obviously i'm creating this nice scene and you know i'm working with cross and he's asked me to do it so but actually if you could dump that off and go again what would that look like the the thing is your mind needs to lock in on the something see people say i feel lost they say well where are you going mate i ain't got a clue well, you can't be lost if you don't know where you're going. You're just sort of wandering around aimlessly. But that's the thing, isn't it? Because, you know, people want direction. And, you know, when 
you feel directionless is when you say I'm lost. And so it suggests that you were on track at one point to be going somewhere uh, and then got diverted. And now I'm lost. I'm off my track. Um, So that's, that's interesting as well, isn't it? So let me, let me, I'll I'll just give you sorry to interrupt again, but I'll give you a little thing is that I've I've heard that I've been working on because this lockdown and everything is getting to so many people, right? Now, I call in it, I'm calling it integrated alignment. And I just lie in bed. I do all my best work lying in bed, looking up at the ceiling. And I'm lying there and I'm thinking, what is the problem that we've got at the moment? Well, the problem is, is we're not aligned. Our mind and our body aren't together, right? An example is, if you feel miserable and not into it, I can take you to the best party you've ever been to. And you'll stand there and be miserable. Yet everyone else in that party is enjoying themselves. But because your mind isn't aligned with your body. So where your body is, isn't the secret. It's where your mind is. And if your mind is not aligned to your body, right? It's all out of kilter. Because how many times you 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 know you're you're thinking of what you're going to do, what can go wrong in the future, what went wrong in the past? Immediately, if you concentrate and you align your body and your mind, the spiritual part takes care of itself. Yeah, and there's there's a lot in that conversation as well because yeah. there's there's a lot there kind of alluding to you know law of attraction, manifestation, yeah. quantum work, that kind of stuff. And I think you know again keeping it simple, keep it simple. you've got to be careful what you think. You know, I mean, you used to sort of say, you know, be careful what you wish for. You know, that's a saying yeah. because basically that's got to come from yeah. somewhere. Be careful what you wish for because yeah. it might come true. So yeah. how does it how does it just come true? It's not magic, but it's there's so much, I think, having quite an interest in, in this area of work as well. I think there's so much that we don't understand. It's like a, a mm. massive test, isn't it? To to can we use our brains properly with every, the gifts we've been given? Because it just doesn't seem enough to to sort of it's not enough to feel something it's not enough to want something you've got to do something but if those three pieces are in alignment like what you feel what you want and then the action you take then you're going to be putting that right energy out there so i think really for me it comes down to how you think really simply how you think it's going to be uh, you know there's a great quote isn't it henry ford and he basically says whether you think you're right or you're wrong yeah you're you right are or, you're right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whether you think you can or you can't that's it you're yeah right. of course yeah. that's it yeah you're right so it's up to you pretty much and then before you start any kind of mindset work you're kind of like what what how does that work but i think you know whatever level you are at mindset wise your brain always wants to pull you back as well to the beginning so it's a, that, a yeah. constant piece of work right Precisely. I yeah, mean, so. the, I, I always say to people that don't don't use me as a yardstick for, for your results because I got no. 30 years start on you, right? And all of the all of this stuff is I talk about this stuff and have done for the last 30 years almost every day of my life, and I still get excited about it, right? Now, so I still get excited and I still come up. I, I ain't going to come up with nothing new. This ain't, these ain't my teachings. The, my teachings are how I tell people how to understand them. But the actual things itself are thousands of years old. No one can claim them. Rhonda Byrne and the secret and all that. It's I mean, interpretation, I isn't it? And yeah, delivery of, of your own, so, like you say. Precisely. So you can't claim anything. This is These are all universal laws. They work every time. They cannot possibly fail right? Universal laws. Now, it might be quite funny if you jumped off a cliff and went upwards for a couple of minutes, but if you couldn't guarantee that you dropped that and it was an exact science, the world would fall apart. It'd be like a Marx Brothers movie all the time. So you've got to have these things that are in perfect things. Now, we're only part of that. We're only vibrating in with everything else, but we take ourselves out vibrate out of kilter with all what's going on around us and wonder why we feel a bit well this is it but that's when we kind of become really disempowered because then we think life's happening to us 
Yeah, precisely. We're in total control. That's that is the thing. Crosmosis, you are in control. That is the workshop for everybody to, to, to make some sense of what's happening at the moment. Because you see, our minds are going over over time at the moment because we can't think of a CMI. All we can think of is bad things because we've never been here before, but we have. We've had plague, we've had the wars, we've had everything. We ain't had all the technology. That's the world's makes... had it. I guess yeah. we, we as yeah. a generation, yeah. haven't no, had that. But, mm. Yeah, the world's been here. And that's what, we, that's what we're talking about here, isn't it? The world, the universe and everything. So we, we've got through bigger things than what we're going through at the moment. What's made this worse is technology. Think about it. Right? It's a little bit like the lawyer's desk, isn't it? Like people yeah. just trying to see, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't see over the top of this. But, yeah. you know, I think I think it's been fascinating. We could talk for hours, Cross, but I think it's fascinating to talk about the simplicity, you know, and going back to that. And you did say something earlier in the podcast, which basically translates as, you know, being present in your life yes. and, you know, staying in that moment so that you can really appreciate it. Because the one thing that I've learned as well is that if you miss these moments and you're not in them and you're not immersed, the other ones haven't come yet and the ones before have yeah. finished. And so all you're doing is like running around. Well, and I, say, I like to be in the moment, really, myself. <laughs> I say you've always got to relax and slow down so that life can catch up with you. We're always one step ahead of it. We're always ahead of the enjoyment. Because there's a lot of, um, once you get, yeah, there's a lot of, once you get that, you'll be happy. Once you get that, you'll be happy. When you get there, then you can be happy. But it's like, you can be happy at any point you want, yeah. even when things are going wrong, you can still choose to be happy. I mean, why not? You might as well be happy. Mate. Make easier where, said than done, but you take make, the point. Yeah, but the point is, it's all all training. See, stuff that comes second nature to me is going to take years and years. Listen, the worst thing ever could happen to me, but I would have out my reaction sorted immediately. Like I've major things where I've I've been in accidents or whatever in the last few years, right? And immediately come out, my car's all smashed. Totally. If you put art monitor on me, it wouldn't even have. Because I looked at, so, oh, well, that's it. I'll have to get a truck. I'll have to phone so and so, all that. Right? Have I done everything I can? Is there anything else? Well, I, I guess do? you can decide how, how you know, how you again, you're talking about choosing your responses. And, you know, most coaches that are listening to this podcast and most people will be pretty in tune with that, but also realize that it is a constant piece of work. And so, but you can learn to catch yourself. And when we work with our clients as coaches and experts um, and mentors and we help them, they, this is new, new stuff. And so I think it's yes. really important to keep it simple, but realize that it doesn't matter whether you're, uh, 40 or 80 or anywhere in between you can start at any point to change your mindset so for instance I was talking to, to my mum yesterday and I said we're talking about something and I said well yeah but what if it wasn't like that she goes oh well it'll always be like that it's always been like that it'll always be like that and I yeah. said but but what if it wasn't what if you could do something to, to change that and she kind of like wasn't having it do you know what I mean and would think that you know because it's always been that way it's always going to be that way so that's the mindset of you know that might need a little bit of work yeah. lesser more <laughs> more than ever make where you are where you want to be because most of our problems are we're trying to escape yeah so once you ground yourself I mean my house has never I love had so that tension, mm. right so Make you think if that if when you go in and the gate and you say I'm gonna get around to doing that one day, do it now. Make where you are where you want to be. Just keep looking at do it. If you don't want to be where you are and you can do something about it, do something about it. If you don't like where you are and you can't do anything about it, accept it. Mm. And make it where you want to be. Because listen, the magic's here, not anywhere else. We can make magic mm. happen now just by make where you are, where you want to be, right? Great. Relax yeah. into it and just allow things to happen and your life will change out of all recognition. And I think just, you know, it's a great note to finish on as well, but also a, a great note to anyone listening is that that might sound like a easier said than done thing. 
But if you just open your mind to it and just try and do it, you've got nothing to lose, right? So if you're not very no. happy with how you're thinking, you might as well try this, give it a go and think about, you know, accepting what you can't change. Because when you do accept and surrender, uh, and that's quite a big word to, to master, but it really does change things. You know, even the little things, it doesn't have to be massive things we're talking about here. The little things that matter and they all add up to the bigger things, don't they? That, that is the final part of every problem. Acceptance. Mm. That's the final part. It's a very powerful thing I've learned. Yeah. Mm. And once you've done that, then because once you've accepted, what have you done? Made it real deal in real if it's real you can solve it all the time you haven't accepted it it's not real this so is right because you're it. battling it aren't you you're, you're battling i don't yeah. like this i don't want this i want it to be different yeah. i can't accept it i can't yeah. accept it but it, as when you do accept it you're like hmm. and, and again that field of possibility comes to you what the now next, it, when the, i accept this what else is different the next move you see Mm. The, it's all automatic once you've accepted it the next move becomes, becomes available available yeah. until you accept it the next move is never there mm. this is it so it's almost Simple, like everything's always behind a little curtain so we've got to just trust yeah. that it's there yeah. and and use the tools and everything and if people want to have a read of uh Crosby's article about this it's in the first ever issue um of the print mag magazine the digital one and that's on the uh coach magazine.com website uh, on the about page there's all the back copies and his article is in the uh, first edition which was in June 2019 so go back oh. and have a read of that uh, and see what Cross has got to say it's a very interesting article with lots of other things that we haven't been able to cover today but thank you for coming on the podcast and thank you're, you for sharing welcome. your wisdoms of many years um, <laughs> I always enjoy our conversations I feel like we've done a bit of a stories with Cross podcast <laughs> which is quite fun <laughs> <laughs> so thank you and where can people find you cross uh on facebook or my website is uh, cross.uk.com okay brilliant and you've got a workshop coming up soon i've got a workshop on the 15th of march which is called crossmosis you are in control and it's just really impulsive. i've just put a lot of stuff together that i think is going to help people handle what's going on at the moment great so information on your website about that i'm sure yeah. so thank you if you've i mean cross and i we do tend to have long conversations so if you have got yeah. to the end of this podcast well done <laughs> and i hope that you've enjoyed um us talking i always like to think of the podcast as like having a cup of tea having a you know a chat together and, and people listening in and joining in in that chat yeah. really it's not formal so it goes where it goes but um once again thanks so much cross and i'm sure i will speak to you very soon you're more than welcome thanks very much take care you can read coach magazine for free online every quarter just subscribe at coach-magazine.com and receive it direct to your inbox you can order print copies, book a directory listing, find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram.